The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rawley Sussex. Happy Bastille Day, Mr. Sussex, Professor. Hello. No, good afternoon. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And the same to you. Uh, Rawley, how are you? Well, thank you. I've done three community talks this week, so I'm moderately talked out. Okay. What does a community talk mean for you? What do you do at those? Well, to, to probus clubs around the place, between the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast. And uh, these are groups of retired folk, um, highly intelligent and really interested in discussion about intellectual issues, and I'm happy to oblige. Sounds like fun. Okay. Now, Rolly, this is. week you want to talk about loan words. Uh, and what yes. exactly is a loan word? A loan word is when you borrow a word from another language and then you install it in your own vocabulary. So it's not like using a word which is um, very, very foreign and, you know, like borscht, I think, is, is or barscht in Polish, is, is something which is perhaps not fully integrated into English. But an enormous number of words are from Dutch because Dutch is a Germanic language. It's very closely related to English. And particularly in the 17th century, um, the Dutch were probably leaders in Europe uh, in maritime things, in commerce. The Dutch East India Company was going gangbusters. It was the age of Rembrandt, so Dutch painting. Mm, and the Dutch masters. And, so on. and the Dutch masters. And the Dutch had invested in a navy, not only a navy for fighting, but a navy for trading. And they were actually quite a lot ahead of the Brits and the Portuguese and the French and the others and the Spanish. And uh, there were four wars fought between England and Holland over trade. And the English won the first, the Dutch won the second and the third, and the English won the fourth and had the last word. Wow. Um, but they, 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 this was serious stuff. And remember, the Dutch landed in America and from 1625 until 1664, New York was a Dutch colony and it was called New, New Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's just one of the many instances. There's a whole lot of, um, well, the word Yankee, for example, comes from Jan Kees, K-E-E-S, which is a person's name, and was a way of referring to, to people in the, uh, in the New Amsterdam colony. Uh, so that, and now, of course, it means Yankee, originally someone from the south of the U.S. Now, for people outside the U.S., any American is probably a Yankee. But it comes from Dutch. Does and it? I've got lots more. Okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. Carry on. Right. Well, uh, the word Dutch itself um, is turns up in Cockney English, me old Dutch, for Duchess, meaning my wife. It's an affectionate term for your your wife, um, a bit like nicer than trouble and strife, I think, which is rhyming slang. Yes. Um, and and uh, there's, there's, there's quite a few more. Remember that the Dutch were awfully good at naval things. I'll get to that in a sec. The word Dutch itself, if you happen to know any German, you'll know that the word in German for German is Deutsch, D-E-U-T-S-C-H. And in fact, the Dutch named their, themselves after the same word, but it separated out from German about uh, the end of the 16th century, I think. And uh, the Dutch lived in the lowlands. And in fact, in Holland, they're called Nederlands, Nederlands or the lowland, mm -hmm. uh, rather than Dutch itself. You want some words? Yes, go. Are you a boaty person? A boaty, but not especially, although I do have... Uh 
an absolute affinity with odontocetes. Ah, okay. Well, we'll come back to that later. Um, all right, boom and bow of a ship, a Dutch, and a boy, B-U-O-Y, um, uh, is actually, it's, it's borrowed into American English, as they call it a buoy over there. A buoy. They, they spell it the same way, but they, they call it a buoy, yes. <laughs> Which, in fact, is very close to the Dutch pronunciation, uh, and doubtless that took root when New Holland was, sorry, when New Amsterdam was New Amsterdam, and it's persisted. We call it a boy. Um, Dutch also is deck and, uh, and jib and uh, maelstrom, the, the nasty storm. Mm, caught in the maelstrom. Scowl, which is... Scowl! Right, scowl, which is a time. Yes. Is and there a skipper? common thread... Between all these words, Rolly, is there something that where it makes it obvious boats. why we stole them? Yeah, boats. The Dutch were preeminent in naval uh, engineering, I suppose, and designing boats. So the word yacht, yacht in, in, in Dutch, is, is another one we've borrowed. And a word that I like a lot, vang, V-A-N-G. If you know a sailing boat, it's got a sort of... Um, uh, a rope between the bottom of the boom and the mast to, to pull the boom down and keep it in place. And that is a vang, which comes from Dutch as well. Okay. And sloop and skipper and scow, you know, the, the Dutch preeminence. But oddly enough, not starboard and larboard. I, was, I, I looked those up because I wasn't sure. Starboard is English. And in Old English, it meant a steering board. And that is because in Old English boats, the the sort of oar thing that they put over the rear to to point the ship in the right direction was always over the starboard side at the rear. And the opposite was larboard, which is laid board. And you know a bill of lading? Let's yes. talk about that, meaning how you've... All right. That's from laid, which means to load. So the starboard was the steering board side and larboard was the loading side. And the one which is all the left side of the boat or the port side was always next to the wharf. And that's the way you loaded things up. If you've just joined us, Mike Van Acker is my name. My guest is Professor Rowley Sussex, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland. But we just call him the ABC's Lord of Language, our very own word wizard. Today, we're talking about loan words. But if you have a question about linguistics, words, anything generally, you're welcome to call in on 1300 222 612 and have a chat to Rowley. Uh, you can text in if you like, 0467922612, whichever way you choose to get in contact will be stupendous with us. Rowley, I do beg your <laughs> pardon for, inter for interrupting. Please press on. Be my guest. All right. Are you a man of alcohol? Um, I think at the moment you'll find a fair bit of my blood is uh, still alcohol from the game last night. Yes. That was how they managed to play as hard and as fast as that for 80 minutes. I don't know. It was it was quite literally breathtaking to watch it, little and anything else. It was the first eight um, or ten minutes was particularly intense. That was it was full on, unbelievable. But I, they say it was one of the great matches, and I'm pleased that we were able to watch it. It was something something special, and Absolutely. the right team win as well. Yes, 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 indeed. Now, oh, I've got um, a text here for you, Rolly. Um, Ian says, does Rowley know why Van is common in Dutch surnames as it is with mine, Mike Van Acker and Jessica Van Vondrum hmm. from the newsroom? What, what's Van? Okay. Van in German, V-O-N, von, and it means of. 
Um, so Karl Maria von Weber, who was a, a German composer, is Karl Maria of, and then he's either of the family called Weber or from a place. And so von, in the V-A-N uh, in Dutch means of as well. It's the Dutch version of it. Lovely. And very often people, people were, who were a little um, from the upper, upper class end of society, particularly the aristocracy, had names with van or von in them. Thank you, Raleigh. And by now, the way, while we're on the subject, uh, yes. G-O-G-H. G-O-G-H, the yeah, painter. Vincent Van. Um, Van Gogh in America. Mm -hmm. Van Gogh with us. Von Gogh in Dutch. Van it's Gogh. a noise. Like and a horse. Gogh. Gogh. Yes. Wow. So that uh, neither the Americans nor we have, have got anything even close to the man. No. Now, uh, Rolly, I interrupted you before. We were talking about alcohol. I took We're about to talk about alcohol. I took you down a side path. Carolyn from Banya's got a question, but we'll, we'll ask Carolyn. <laughs> we'll ask oh. Carolyn to hang on for a second because I, I want you to finish your, your thought, Rolly, and I shouldn't have jumped in the way I did. Okay. The, the Dutch were also good at alcohol. Um, the word booze comes from Dutch, um, and the word brandy in Dutch brandwein, which means burnt wine, which is interesting, um, and of course the word gin in Dutch Geneva. Uh, which comes from juniper, and in uh, in England for hundreds of years, gin was the way you could get sloshed, and you could get drunk for a for, drunk for a halfpenny and dead drunk for a penny, I think. Um, and a lot of people were were completely out to it by about eleven a.m. It was a a scourge because it was the cheapest way to make alcohol, distilled alcohol, and with gin you don't need to keep it in barrels like whiskey for years. You can drink it right away, straight away. Yeah, okay. On top of that. The Dutch have, now the, the English didn't like the Dutch because the Dutch kept on beating them at sea, and so you get a phrase like Dutch courage, and that means you're only brave when you're fortified by alcohol. Uh, and there's a phrase Dutch headache, which means a hangover, and a Dutchman's draught, which is a very large beer. So that, that one way or the other, the, the, the English were trying to get their way, get, get back at the Dutch, and there, there are other ones we'll come to later. One really beautiful um, ship one, which I forgot, is the Flying Dutchman. Yes. And a Flying, du flying Dutchman is a ghost ship. And sailors being very superstitious, if you saw a Flying Dutchman before your ship got to home, you would die before you reached it. Wow. Okay. Sailors are very superstitious at times. Are you happy to take a call very. from um, a couple of listeners, uh, Rolly? I've got Caroline from Banyo on the phone. Hello, Caroline. Hello. What's your question for Rolly Sussex? Uh, Rolly, I've got two questions for you, actually. I've worked in, mm -hmm. um, I've spent over 15 years in maritime and absolutely love it with a passion. Two questions mm -hmm. for you. Where does the term forecastle come from it's also known as the forecastle and mm -hmm. the other interesting term is when someone gets really really drunk they're referred to being three sheets to the wind mm -hmm. right uh forecastle. uh it's one of the interesting words in english which can have two apostrophes in it most english words with apostrophe only got one and uh, this is because for and castle are both abbreviated and the apostrophe means something's been left out. And the older ships used to have something that looked like a little bit of a castle fore and aft. Um, 
uh, so that the, the boat sort of dipped down in the middle and it had a raised bow uh, and a raised stern. The raised stern tended to persist. That was the bit where the captain had his cabin and so on. And so there were two castles, a forecastle and an aftercastle. And so that's where Folksal comes from. Uh, although nowadays Folksal only means the one at the fore. It's a forecastle, so the front part of the ship, not the back part. Three sheets to the wind uh, is a sheet is a rope. And uh, if you are pulling on the sheet, you're pulling the sail in and getting it under control uh, at the right angle to get the best benefit from the wind. And three sheets to the wind was when you'd lost control. You've let go of the ends of the three ropes that were necessary to control the sail. And it was probably beating itself to bits uh, on the on the mast under the wind, and uh, that came to mean three sheets to when you were out of control, and thereby, by metaphor, you were drunk. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Caroline. So okay, Caroline from Banya. I hope Rolly has assisted you there with your couple of vicissitudes. We go now to Rod mm. from Cairns. Hello, Rod. G'day, Mike. Hello, Rolly. Um, Hi there. When I was in Norway many years ago, in the Viking mm. Ship Museum at Bigda was yes. uh, a long ship with the starboard on the right-hand side. And, uh, that's right. That, that's what my family referred to it. So I thought, believe it, might actually be Old Norse rather mm. than Old English. Uh, the, okay. The... Uh, old Germanic languages uh, often developed in parallel, and because they'd recently split off from a common core, they sometimes had similar words, although they were might have been spelt slightly differently. And uh, certainly the steering board idea is common to Old Norse, the Vikings, and they were they were yeah. very good sailors, um, as well as uh, in, in England as well. Now, the Vikings were, had something called the Dane Law, and they controlled the northeast part of England for oh, yeah. 850 years or so. And lots of words were borrowed during that time, including things like uh, places ending in B-U-Y, like Spilsby, um, which I think yeah. means a village in Old Norse. Yeah. So uh, you're dead right. It is a word which is common to Viking and to Old English. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that being a part Norwegian, I might uh, correct, bring the other side. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for filling it out a bit. We've got... We've got now a, a bigger view of it. and But it's interesting that instead of having a, a steering oar straight over the stern, it had to be on one side of the boat. A bit unusual. Yeah, yeah but then, then again, there's a lot of other similarities, like the, the old uh, English word for writer was a scrivener, and the Norwegian for right. typewriter is scrivmakin. That's right. All right. And, and uh, scribe and so on is, is uh, it's related to German schreiben. And so these are words for writing which go back a thousand years. But thanks again. Rod thanks from Cairns, thank you very much. John from Claremont right. will, I think, be our final caller for today. Hello, John. Yes, hello, Mike. Hello, Riley. Go, go ahead. ahead, John. Um, I was just wondering where the, what the name came from, they like, well, I went to school 40, 50, 60 years ago. It, um, mm -hmm. it was always, it was drummed into me that um, you had one fish or 100 fish or one sheep, 100 mm -hmm. sheep. Now, though, mm -hmm. now they say one fishes, 100 fishes. 
So mm. are you asking about the plural of fish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, generally speaking, um, fish don't have plurals. Uh, and, of course, whales, dolphins and lampreys. I'm not sure about lampreys, but whales and dolphins aren't fish anyway. They're mammals. So, no, whales and dolphins can be plural. Um, now, with the other one, the fishes comes from the Bible, the 1611 Bible. So we've got a kind of a plural hanging around in the background. But in modern English, you don't say fishes and uh, and whiteheads and, and uh, this sort of thing. It, it just... Uh, it's a, one of the things which doesn't take a, a different plural. Happy with uh, that, right. John? Yep, that's good. Appreciate that. Cool. Uh, well, yeah. Appreciate Thanks. that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Now, before we get to your final word, Rolly, uh, Nick from Stafford Heights yeah. has uh, texted in and said, Dutch ovens, what are they? Uh, well, a Dutch oven is a cooking pot, of course. Um, and presumably came from Holland. And a Dutch wife uh, is another name for a bolster, particularly in hot countries where you needed something to sort of sweat into, I think, and they called it a Dutch wife. Lovely. But golf is Dutch. Santa Claus is Dutch. Blunderbuss is Dutch. It means donderbus in Dutch, which means a thunder gun, which is a lovely thing. And a a lot of names from New York as well, by the way. Brooklyn, Coney Island, Flushing, Harlem and Hoboken are all Dutch. I guess that would make sense, as you mentioned earlier, that the um, uh, that New York was originally New Amsterdam. The Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Lovely. Even Wall Street, because there was a wall around the, the old city, you know? Was there? What was the purpose of that wall? Defence. Defence. Keep people out. Yeah, great. Yes. Great. Thank you, Nick, from Stafford Heights for your text. <laughs> Rowley, have you got a final word for us? Yes, I'm interested in put-downs where comedians are putting down members of the audience that are getting stroppy. Yep. If you are twice as smart as you are, you'd be half as smart as you think you are. (laughs) On your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.